Hey everybody, it's time to talk about the season finale. No, the season wrap-up. We're done with the season finale. We're at the wrap-up of Star Trek Voyager's first season. I'm here with Clay. Clay, how are you? I have been better. <laughs> Haven't we all? Haven't yes. we all? I guess we I finally go ahead. It finally got me. It finally got me. I've been dancing through the raindrops for two and a half years, but COVID finally got me. It's the uh out of all the things that you need to be dodging in life, it's it's a, a decent one to get hit with, I guess, at this point, right? You're dodging cars. Raindrops are probably a little less severe than COVID at this point, but you want to be... Uh, oh, man, I, I'm gacked up to the eyeballs on NyQuil and Paxlovid, so <laughs> look out, decency. Are you, yeah, you're eating your uh, old man supplements of vitamin D and just laying in the sun whenever you have a chance mm-hmm. just to do... Mm-hmm. Whatever trying to figure out of, ways to get those cleaning products into my under my skin. Yeah, or what was the um the fish cleaner, the fish tank cleaner thing? <laughs> I don't even remember that one. That was a fun. That was a fun one. That was that was a good one. Um, that was one of those great twenty twenty layered or twenty twenty one layered ones where a woman claimed that her husband had uh, taken fish cleaner because <laughs> it's some chemical. It was one of the chemicals that. Trump had said was like a cure for this, yeah, like without knowing what the fuck he was talking about. And so a woman came and there was a story that her husband did like drank a whole aquarium full of this chemical uh, and it killed him because mm-hmm. Trump mm-hmm. had said that he was uh, supposed to do that. And of course, you know, the first reaction is just like, oh, God damn it, Trump, how dare you just spout off at the mouth and all these gullible citizens of the United States are just going to buy into your word. And there was the, uh, the typical outrage. And then a week went by and it turned out that she was, um, she's a heavy democratic donor who poisoned her husband with that stuff. No kidding. And played it off as it was a <clears throat> Trump thing because Trump said to do it, but it was just, it was one of those like great sea sauce news stories of that era of news that we're still kind of living through right now where it's just the the story comes out and everyone gets fired up and then the truth comes out and no one really ever remembers uh, that that's what uh-huh. actually happened yeah what the fuck is going on <laughs> i don't know i don't know although i mean and you also feel bad for the guy because when you hear the story first you're like fucking idiot of course you're gonna die if you drink a quick cleaner mm-hmm. and then you realize mm-hmm. he's been poisoned and you go i feel bad for that guy i guess he i guess he was smarter <laughs> than knowing not to drink aquarium cleaner all right we're here clay is covid we are loosey goosey because uh, our backlog is gone, Clay. Because we haven't recorded in about a month at this yeah, point, almost. Because I had to have back surgery recently, and I'm recovering now. So I had a disc taken out of my back. I can now sit again, which is fun. It's been nice to sit after a month of not sitting. I can stand up. I can do all the things I need to do. So our backlog is gone, Clay. And this is basically live. So the people who are uh, have been watching the like the season finale last week are now basically getting our updated thoughts except we don't remember any of our thoughts from the seasons <laughs> nope <laughs> so i'm going to open this by asking you how many seasons of star trek have we done as a podcast um is this in, is this you and me or just like the whole show the just whole show general? you've you've done most of them but uh, the whole show let's see 18 not new track either. Sorry. So oh, not new track. Okay. I'll add new, tra- uh, I'll add new track in. So go ahead. Oh, gee. Now I got to do the math over again. Uh, four, 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 uh, I'm going to say 23. 28. Ah. Yeah. 
It's a lot of TV that we've watched. Yeah. Oh, I. You want to know what I did? <laughs> I ahead. completely forgot about Enterprise. <laughs> oh, that, yep, that'll get you. That'll get you. Enterprise said four. The others had seven. TOS said three, and then we've got Discovery, Picard, and Strange New Worlds in there. So we've got twenty-eight of them. Is this season of Voyager in the top ten? Uh, just for us or, or just for us, the... for our, our ratings, our rating system. As we give out the um, rankings, does this season of Voyager make it into the top 10? It feels like it should. Uh, I'm going to say, Ooh, it's tough. Cause this is a short season too. Um, I'm going to say yes. All right. We'll hold on that. We'll get to the answer in a little bit. So this is the first season of Star Trek Voyager that we just finished. Had 15 episodes, had the pilot caretaker wrapped up with learning curve. So I guess there's 16 technically, but the first one is a two-parter. Um, it started in 1995 in January, wrapped up in 1995 in May. So it went by pretty, pretty quickly there. Pretty short season. Um, I thought... You know, it's it's been kind of interesting. Do you do you have any like as we're watching this on Patreon and stuff now? We're doing Strange New Worlds, and uh, we did Picard at the same time as Voyager too, right? So, we've we've had an interesting comparison between Voyager, Picard, and Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. I think that I thought I think it was a good season of start of old ninety Star Trek to pair with the two new seasons. Would you agree with that? Like it felt like a even if it wasn't a balls to the wall, great all time, all timer season of Star Trek, it mm. was a good, like, um, starting point or like a calibration point for me to to realize where the other shows were. Like, it clearly showed why Picard was so terrible, and it's also kind of interesting to compare to Strange New Worlds in a way to see like mm. where the shows are going in that kind of a sense. I don't know. Did you? Um, did you have any opening thoughts about what you can remember about season one of Voyager at this point, where we went through Caretaker, Parallax, Time and Again, all the way to Faces, Jatrell, Learning Curve, all that stuff? Do you have any anything that's going to stick out in your head as like your first takeaway from this stuff? A lot of quantum anomalies. Yeah, a lot of spatial anomalies going on. Yeah, yep. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think comparing it to to Strange New World is actually is, is actually pretty interesting because they're not really that dissimilar uh, in a lot of ways because. This does kind of well. I was going to say they both have overlapping um, character-based storyline stuff that they 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 kind of bring over into each episode on top of the episodic stuff. But Strange New Worlds does it more, I think, than the, than Voyager does. <clears throat> um, but I guess they are both kind of similar in that uh, they are the third swing mm-hmm. <laughs> at a at a uh, at reviving the franchise and have and and is different than the two that came before it but also very similar than the two that came before it yeah um i think they uh they're probably most similar in that most of the crew is fairly likable yeah and yeah, they're similar uh, that way yeah. yeah, and they kind of have um, every everybody kind of. There's nobody who's really kind of like too grating, except well, I don't really care for Neelix at this point, but but generally, <clears throat> generally they're all pretty solid characters. Um, as for the content of the episodes, 
I feel there's similar yeah, to Strange I, New Worlds there too. Like I, I guess yeah. the, the Strange New Worlds thing I think is that what I feel like the first season of Voyager and Strange New Worlds at the same time, uh, listen to patreon.com slash the Penske file if you want all that coverage. But, but it basically comes down to both shows at this point feel like a comfortable zone where they're not really pressing anything. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like it's the 90s Voyager goes down in a different way than the Strange New Worlds does. But I feel that both of them are like, all right, like we hit a double. And we're on base here. There's no outs. We're not really going to press at this point. Like, we're just, we're going to see what happens. Let a couple of these episodes out. Don't screw things up too much and kind of stick to tried and true formula things and hope that the strength of the cast is going to be enough to carry us for 15 episodes Mm. or 10 in Strange New Worlds. So I feel that they're similar in that way as well, because I would say that, like, they are. The the cast thing is probably the like the the main point that I think that both of them are fairly likable and that what's that's what's elevated both shows to this point. Yeah, I would say uh, one way that they are actually rather different is in um, even though they are they are each the third iteration of uh, of a franchise reboot. Voyager is is kind of trying to um, keep the wheel steady. While trying a couple new things, coming off of two of the best series you could possibly have from yep. the franchise, yep. and uh, Strange New Worlds is is basically trying to right the ship <laughs> while <laughs> while keeping it steady and trying a couple new things, coming on the heels of two of the worst shows in the franchise. Yeah, that's that's true. Maybe they're going to meet in the middle in some sort of happy happy medium thing. Do you well, have, um, if 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 Janeway shows up on on Strange oh, New Worlds, then I think that'll it. that'll be where the crossover happens. Yeah, there was something on Discord someone had pointed. It's one of those uh, trek flating websites that just needs to generate content. But it was something about Janeway considering coming back for some live action show. I don't think we know Janeway enough to know uh, how bad of an idea that will be outside of the fact that it seems like a bad idea. But I guess we'll mm-hmm. we'll get into this kind of stuff. I'm I'm all for it, man. I, like you know, I've I've said for years. I think what they did wrong with the one of the things they did wrong with the Kelvin universe is they didn't get weird enough and mm. like really start messing with continuity since everything just was like out the window. Um, like I wanted to see the Kelvin guys versus the Borg, that kind of thing. <clears throat> Bring in Janeway. Let's have her show up on Strange New Worlds. They hit a quantum anomaly and somehow they end up 500 years in the future or whatever. And Janeway's there on the ship. That well, Why not? Just Pegasus it from Enterprise, right? Yeah. There must be some I mean, they, episode they can slip this in that they went back in time. They they already they figured out a way to get Scotty onto TNG. They can't figure out a way to get Janeway onto Strange New Worlds. If uh, if you had to sum up this season in a word for Voyager, what do you think you would say? I think I would say comfort. I think that's kind of a trope. Yeah. tried and uh, kind of beating a dead horse type thing, but. I was I was pleasantly surprised by this season of Voyager, especially coming off of Enterprise and not really expecting much. Um, I thought this was like a very watchable season of 90s Star Trek that I, I don't know if it, it had maybe one great episode in my opinion and the rest of them were all kind of middling to like be enjoyable and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I think my main takeaway was really just like I didn't mind watching this season. Uh, which, you know, coming off of the last four seasons of Enterprise that we went through was kind of a big deal. We talked about that a lot in the podcast, but it just, it's a, um, it definitely just shows and it highlights that the cast is very 
very much like the most important thing for these shows. Like outside of the setup, yeah. the setup is kind of forgettable and you can do whatever you want with it or you can take it as far as you want or you can abandon it when you want. But you really can't screw up the cast too much or you can't make the cast... You can't enterprise the cast, which is to have like no one with any kind of personality in it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And Voyager to this point, we'll see how long the fumes can run with that being like the thing that's driving you. But I enjoy the characters so far more than I feel like I know more about the characters than I will be able to remember the episode plots for this season. You know what I mean? Oh, 100 percent. Yes, I am. I am definitely with you on that one. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was going to say the the word that popped into my head immediately was pleasant. Yeah, that's a good one. And um, and yeah, I think I think, yeah, the the casts. Having a cast where everybody kind of has something that they do for the show and having um, in each, everybody kind of has something that is a unique character trait about them. It goes so far on these shows because there are so many people on them that having like a shorthand to who everybody is in a way that is, um, excuse me, in a way that is engaging and memorable just really, I think is like over fifty percent of the work of a Star Trek show. Frankly, yeah. I think I think that's why. If you compare Discovery to Enterprise, I think they both kind of fail in the same way because Enterprise has a lot of people on the ship, and you don't really know much about any of them except for like the main three. And Discovery, it's kind of the same thing where it's like you've got you've got uh, Saru, Michael, Tilly, and uh, Stamets. Uh, Stamets. And that's kind of it for characters you know anything about, um, at least for the first couple seasons. And so you end up having these characters play every role in a story, and it just gets exhausting. Yeah. Because Star Trek is... <clears throat> has always been built so well on well i should say ever since tng because you know tos was mainly those three guys but um the 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 engine of everything from tng on in a good star trek show is having multiple people who can play roles in the story so you don't end up having so characters who just seem to know everything for the given situation or but you know and it's and who who bring different viewpoints that can kind of clash when they need to and stuff like that weaknesses and, uh, <clears throat> too like different weaknesses. yeah, yeah different, different inabilities to do things because uh we haven't run into a discovery story where michael is unable to accomplish her goal but you can right. yeah. you can see old star trek episodes older 90s ones or even the 60s where the character does not have the skill set to complete something and that's kind of the point of the episode in some ways right could you like could you imagine if star trek discovery had done uh, maybe i'm giving it too little credit here but if star trek discovery had done um city on the edge of forever Mm. and the end of that episode had to be michael burnham actively letting somebody get hit by a car die (laughs) (laughs) i don't think that's how that plays out in discovery i think somehow michael figures out a way to to be the savior of of humanity and the car um, is driven by soon <laughs> yes yes a, a soon or a noonian sing somewhere in there uh one of those is is uh is driving bear is driving um 
Yeah, I, I think uh, that was the biggest surprise for me from Voyager is I think coming off of Enterprise where the cast was a little bit, was pretty bland. Um, they do kind of hit you right away with everybody has a kind of angle coming into this world. Um, and it makes it a lot more interesting. Even, yeah. I, you know, I, th- I think, as I've said from the beginning of the season, the least interesting character to me is Tom Paris because he's just so middle of the road, milk toast. Yeah. At least at this moment anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess you, are you giving Neelix their points for being irritating or you just think that he's, that Paris is a bigger mistake than Neelix well, is? At least even Neelix has like, you know, we find out later in the season that he's being hunted or he's got a history of his genocide wiping his family out or something and you know you can kind of extrapolate out oh his pleasant demeanor is is hiding this horrible thing he's running from paris is just a a guy yeah he's done literally like there have been episodes where we haven't even seen him he's got like two lines yeah 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 i'd say that the um I guess since we're on the characters, we might as well stick with them there. We can do like a loose uh, power rankings so far. Do do you have a clear number one or is it uh, a tough decision for you to put the best character of the show so far? Um, Best character of the show, I think, is probably the Doctor. Yeah. I would agree. And uh, who would I put behind him? Tuvok's my number two. Yeah, I would say Tuvok. I... I think Tuvok is a better character, but I think Janeway gets more screen time. Yes. And so I think she's interesting enough to me that I would probably put her at number two, or I should say number three, if not number two. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, I think Bolana is probably next for me, actually. Yeah. she's. I, I, I might be surprising here, and um, I'd say Chakotay. Actually, even though he's he's not a well-conceived character and he's been poorly executed, um, I'm still early enough in Voyager where I've I have this <laughs> I have this hope that's not going to pan out, but I'm still like you can do it, show you can figure out what this guy is going to be yeah. all about, and I know, I know that yeah. they're not going to do that, but I whenever Chicote's in a scene, I'm I'm happy to see him there in a way like it's I feel that way for the top three, which would be the Doctor Tuvok and Chicote for me. The other characters I'm less interested if they are the focus of an episode at this point. Mm-hmm. So that's what leaves those three in my my top rankings. Anyway. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, Chakotay is interesting because he's actually he's such a great idea for a character. Um, given, I mean, that, that's the whole the whole thing with the show, right? Is it, it's it's such a good idea, and the setup is so interesting or has the potential to be so interesting. But then they kind of leave all the interesting stuff on the floor. Yeah, and so on top of that. Chakotay's in this weird space where even though he should be the most conflicted person on the ship, he has zero conflict. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really strange. It seems they try sometimes. Like he, he punched that guy in learning curve, I think. Right. Like it was like the Maquis don't do that that kind of a thing, but it doesn't really stick. Yeah. And I, you know, I think it, I, I think it's a failure of the show. Uh, well, I guess if you want to call it a failure of the show, that they don't do more interesting stuff with the whole Maquis um, subplot, or I mean overplot, honestly. Yeah. Um, which leaves him a bit in the dust because that is the core of his characters, is someone who has to straddle the line between these two worlds and figure out how to make it work. And if if you're not do if you're not exploring that in your show, then all you have left for him to do is show up and 
say woefully incorrect <laughs> Native American <laughs> mythology. It's a coyote, not a wolf. Um, do you think that... I, I was wondering this, thinking about this first season and how Star Trek has changed a little bit. Do we... Um, do we undervalue? I'm using "we" in like the the cultural sense, I guess. Do we do we undervalue how different the setups of the three '90s Trek shows were from each other? I'm um, I'm kind of impressed by the balls of the show. Although it's it's hard now because I'm only going off of like what they do with the modern shows, really. So it's hard to tell what the the mindset was back there. But like, t- take DS9 for instance. Like DS9's pilot is explicitly setting up its main character to hate the character of Picard at that point, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. pretty pretty ballsy. It's also a space station that's not going anywhere, which is another interesting choice to make and stuff like that. And so it has all these things that are like, oh, they're really not just copying the TNG thing at this point. Voyager has another layer of it, which is like we're a billion miles away from everybody else that you've ever seen. All the aliens are going to be new. We're stuck out here with a hostile crew uh, that half of the half of the crew wants to kill the other half of the crew constantly. I'm. I, I wonder if I, I. I might not ever say it enough that I, I think that they were pretty ballsy in their early production with at least the ideas of what they were going to yeah. set the shows up to be in a way sure. that I feel that modern TV particularly would be much more of like. What's the nostalgic angle? What do people like? Let's copy that again and give it a whole, give it like, we'll make this one an animated show or something, you know, like that'll be the difference instead of anything fundamental to it. Well, I, I, I think discovery deserves a lot of credit for doing that, for doing the same thing, because I think discovery's uh, setup is the most unique setup of any of the Trek shows. Cause it's not captain centric. It's not. It's about someone who a, a character who gets busted down in rank and has to kind of. It does something. Is the cause of uh, <laughs> intergalactic war. <Yeah. laughs> uh, who has to kind of like redeem herself and whatnot. And that for a Star Trek show, that's very different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very personal character, person, interpersonal character in a way that the other shows aren't that way. You know. Uh, you know what I mean? Like they, the other shows yeah. are more um, structured around their. Their plots, I guess, would be the way to describe it. And Discovery is more like focusing in on Burnham as a, as a person, a real person. Yeah, which you know, I I, I think is um, laudable. Is is <laughs> yeah it, yeah no, I, I I think it's it's a it's great to take that kind of swing, especially if you're. Um, it's interesting in retrospect because, like, I, as we I think we've talked about this a bit before. <clears throat> I don't know if Strange New Worlds gets the uh, pat on the back that it's been getting if that's the first show out of the gate. Right, yeah. It would have you been know? seen as redundant. Yeah, and I think Discovery might actually, if Discovery was the third show, it might have actually, uh, maybe even we would have been like, oh, okay, they're trying something different. I can give them a lot of credit for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the 90s Trek shows, they are very different. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, I think Deep Space Nine of all of them, well, I should say, yeah, I guess of all of them. Deep Space Nine, they kind of forced themselves to stay different given the setup that they were in. Yeah. Voyager, while the setup is different on paper, it's still a captain and a crew on a ship. Yeah, they can they can space. abandon the concept pretty easily and not have it seem strange. Yeah. And now and do you know um was was this <clears throat> 
because because Deep Space Nine was not horribly popular, right? Right. So was Voyager and this setup kind of going back to basics? Was that seen as a response to the 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 viewer perception of of Deep Space Nine? Because if so, even more similarities to Strange New World. <laughs> yeah, it, it, Voyager was. It wasn't that D- DS Nine was still relatively early in its series at this point, but they they definitely wanted to go back to a starship traveling around, going different places. Was the the thing about mm-hmm. Voyager and and just uh, I I don't think I think the the producers and executives never really understood DS9 and Voyager was seen as that kind of we know that a starship with a captain is a successful template for this stuff yeah. so let's do that again and the difference here will be it's in a different part of the galaxy we don't know there's no klingons basically you know right 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 yeah it's um yeah and even that that sounds negative towards voyager but i think voyager's setup like I'll, I said it earlier in the podcast, but if I were able to reboot a Star Trek, I'd reboot Voyager at this Same. point. Same. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the most... Yeah. I can't improve on DS9. TNG is is perfect for what it is. But Voyager, uh, as a modern series, I think there's a lot of like actual character work and like um, philosophical differences that you can like... Because the ship basically mimics... You know, like if you want to make it super modern and super on the nose, you'd, you'd have to avoid being too overt with this. But it kind of mimics the political culture in America at this point. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can split it. It's it's basically a 50-50 um, one side versus the other side. And you can, through this journey, find a sort of meeting of the minds or at least the things that you have in common or or you rediscover what your version of the Federation would look like if you got back and stuff like that and like an improved sense. Um, I think you, I think thank you could God, do a lot with it. Thank God they, uh, they, the Voyager didn't have Twitter. I know. They never, the Maquis and the Federation never would have seen eye to eye. Elon Musk buys Voyager this time. <laughs> and then backs out at the last second. <laughs> is that done? Is he backed out? I haven't been on it, so I don't know if it, is he, he's trying to get I, out, right? He's trying to like, yeah, I think he's trying to get out. Yeah. yeah. He's, um, He's been fighting with uh, with one of those onion websites, Hard Times. I think oh, okay. it's uh, it's either Hard. It's the video game one. I think it's the video game one. No, the video game one has had been doing uh, <clears throat> jokey headlines about him, and he ended up getting into like a a, a flame spat. war with them. Yeah, <laughs> which is like okay. <laughs> it's the Elon thing is funny because. News has to take him seriously because he's so wildly successful as a, um, as like a venture capital type person, mm-hmm. or like taking these companies and doing things with them. That like the 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 there's only a story if they build it up to he has some big plan about it. When actually he's just he's just a billionaire who's addicted to Twitter and he, yes. thinks, and he thinks that it's he thinks that it's worth something. And that's like the whole story. But you have to you have to turn around. So we'll see mm-hmm. we'll see if he buys it. If not, he can buy Star Trek Voyager for $40 on <laughs> Voodoo, and you can watch it with us. Um, we talked about the characters, talked about the episodes. So did you have any standout uh, clear favorite of the season? I've got the rankings. I know that we were laughing about whether or not we could remember. I went through uh, five minutes before we started, and I went through and I highlighted the highs and the lows, and there are five of the best and five of the worst. Do you remember what you would consider to be like your standout episode from this one? Nope. Would you say <laughs> what that did you I like? What did I say that it was? <laughs> would you say that you liked? Um, you had one, two, three, four, 
four fours in this season. Wow. Okay. So you had four four out of four out of fifteen. That's pretty impressive. It is, yeah. So going so going uh, in order, it was parallax, which was the one that they look into the uh, spatial anomaly and see themselves in the in the yep. distance. Mm-hmm. Eye of the needle, which is the Romulan twenty years ago that they communicate with. Yep. Emanations, which was the one we did with Sean, which is uh, Harry Kim goes to the afterlife. Oh boy. Uh, he's in like that little Harry pod. Kim. Harry, Harry Kim is in that little pod with those people on the other planets, and um, he gets like sucked oh, into the caves. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the last one was Prime Factors, which was the uh, the they run into that race that has the transporter technology that could send them home, basically. Mm-hmm. But it's like a reverse mm-hmm. first contact issue. So, which one of those did you like the best? Um, I feel like from the little that I remember. I would probably say either um, <clears throat> Eye of the Needle or Emanations. Yeah, you, re- you really liked Emanations, and I would have said the Eye of the Needle would have been in your second one. Yeah. Yeah, Eye of the Needle, I think, gets a little bit of points taken off because it is so similar to that Deep Space Nine episode in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but I really did like that story. <clears throat> and uh, Emanations was, yeah, that had a lot of really interesting kind of... Uh, fucked up ethical stuff yeah. that I think is always fun yeah. when it comes to Star Trek. It probably had the most um yeah, I, I would so, so if I were to ra- if I were ranking them our, our top ranking here to get it over was is just is Prime Factors is 1 because I give it a 5 because that was my favorite episode of the season. And then after that it would have been Eye of the Needle, Emanations, Parallax, and then Faces comes in in last place uh for the, mm-hmm. the top 5. Faces is the uh Bulana comes a Klingon and a human. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I liked, um, I'll probably mostly remember, I, you know, I gave Prime Factors a five because I really enjoyed it, but I think the episode I'm going to remember most is Eye of the Needle from this one. Um, yeah. That had the most, um, that had the most season one Voyager story. It was like the one that had to happen, kind of. That, that's how mm-hmm. I feel about Eye of the Needle. I think it's still a four. Um, and I think the Prime Factors is probably a better standalone one, but those are our top five anyway. Yeah, I have the needle. It, Star Trek is really good at giving you those um, small stories that put a face on uh, conflict and war and and struggle. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a really good one where you you kind of. You know, you're in a um, the concept of your show is is galactic, but the the stakes of your show are are very personal. Yeah, got to um, get home. Yeah, gotta and when you home. can pull that off, when you can pull that off well, I think it that's about as good as it gets with Star Trek. Yeah, there was a I think it's it's a vital one to set up the heartbreak of not being able to get home, and it was the best episode to do that um, in the first season, I think. But I like yeah. Prime Factors. I just liked the. Um, I like the reverse of the prime directive where this alien, the aliens have the technology and they're not going to give it to you. So you have to, you have to come up with a reason <laughs> of why you can steal it. So I thought that that was pretty good. Our worst five are um, backloaded in the last half of the season. I don't know if you remember specifically. I remember I thought the second half of the season was worse than the first half, and it seems that the numbers bear it out. So of the last five episodes, four of them are in our bottom five. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So... Uh, I'll go in order here. So the actual the actual fifth worst 
which is like the best one of these. And the other way to look at it is Phage, which came early, which was the uh, yep. introduction, uh, introduction of the Vidians. Mm-hmm. Then the last four, they're all the same rating. So we have to kind of sort out which ones you remember best and worst. Heroes and Demons, which was the mm-hmm. Beowulf in the holodeck with the Doctor episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cathexis was the one that Chakotay fell into a coma and they had the invisible alien on board. Oh, yeah. Jatrell was the uh, nuclear Oppenheimer, the nuclear bomb for Neelix episode. Yeah. And then Learning Curve was the Tuvix train, Tuvox trains, uh, the crew, the Maquis mm. people in the finale. Yeah, I feel like Heroes and Demons has to be the worst of that group. Yeah. that Yeah, I... Well, th- this is one of those weird things where I remembered what Heroes and Demons was. I had to look up what Cathexis was. And then I was like, oh, yeah, it's that one. So maybe, right, maybe yeah. that's just that's a, true. Yeah. That, that's a bad way of saying that maybe the title matters a lot. But I, mm-hmm. I agree that Heroes and Demons was a pretty lame holodeck episode there, too. It's probably better than Jatron Learning Curve. I would say... I'll agree with you. I think it's Heroes and Demons is the worst one. Would you agree that Phage is the best of those, the Vidian introduction? Yeah, I would say That's, that's my memory. Yeah, that's yeah. my memory of it. The other two are just kind of forgettable. Yeah, the um, the Chakotay, the brain-dead Chakotay one, I remember having like good good bones to that story, yes, but like, yeah. the, the execution was is bad. just all over the place and, yep. and not, not really doesn't really uh pull its weight no that's how i'd remember it as well so that's it so the worst five are phage then we'll say it's uh chitrell learning curve cathexis and heroes and demons that's all the way to the bottom yeah unfortunately here a uh a holodeck episode ends up at the bottom as it should so i asked you at the top of the episode (laughs) if this made what did i ask you if it made the top 10 of the seasons of 28 seasons yes so I guess that I have to do a little bit of, of math here. Would you say that this one is better than all of the modern Trek series that we've seen, Trek seasons? Um, because I had, we counting. have not ranked those. So if those, if any of the, I think the only competition you'd have is Strange New Worlds. Would you rather? Would you rather have Strange New Worlds or Voyager season one? Ooh, that's tough. I I'm gonna say Strange New Worlds is is. Uh, can abstain from voting just because the season's not over yet. Okay. But I would take Voyager, season one of Voyager over, yes, over... Everything else. Five seasons, of three three seasons of Discovery and two seasons of Picard, yes. Yes, I would agree too, so that doesn't really impact things. So it ended up with a 3.0 on our ratings, which puts it in... 10th place <laughs> on the seasons. <laughs> so it just made it. It's at a 3.0. It's in 10th place. It is, there's only one first season that's better, Clay. And I think it's kind of obvious, but do you know what it is? Um, In our opinion, anyway. TOS? Yeah, it's TOS. TOS's yeah. first season remains the best first season. Do you think that that's fair? I think that's yeah, fair. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Um. There's nothing. There's nothing that's happened in any of the other first. Well, there there hasn't been a season of other Star Trek first season of other Star Trek shows that has been filled with iconic episodes. Yeah, and that are like good. Genre defining episodes. <laughs> yes, that's that's TOS season one is always going to be the winner because it has the iconic 
great. It has like multiple, multiple iconic great episodes in the first season. Yeah. So it's always yeah. going to win that competition. But uh, Voyager season one is the best of the rest. The only comp, like, I mean, honestly, when you think about it, the only thing that's really in the running for the other ones is that duets is in DS9's first season. That's the only reason yeah. that it is has any consideration. But I still think Voyager's is better overall. But our yeah, top 10 def- is DS9 and TNG and then TOS season one and then Voyager season one. Wait, sorry, say that again? The top 10 are just, it's a whole mix of DS9 and TNG. Oh, so I see. it's okay, DS9 okay. season four, five, and six, then TNG six, then DS9 seven, TNG three, five, then TOS one, TNG four, and then in 10th place is Voyager season one. That's our race. Gotcha, gotcha. Makes sense. But yeah, TOS season one will be the best forever and ever and ever. Um, I guess we can wrap it up with a little bit of Strange New World. I wasn't here for the last Strange New World to do with Christian and stuff like that. I haven't seen that mm-hmm. episode yet. But um, do you – I know I just asked you about whether or not you would keep Strange New Worlds over Voyager, and you said you'd go with Voyager just because Strange New Worlds hasn't finished yet. Um, say Strange New Worlds continues on this course, that it just mm-hmm. it does what it's been doing for the past six episodes. Mm-hmm. Would you trade them at that point? Um, I think that my my reason for asking this is that when I when I put them in context, and I don't know how objective I'm being about whether or not I, like I think they're better or whether or not it's just this like um, purely like I'm familiar with Voyager a little bit more and I'm subjectively mm-hmm. predisposed to like that. Obviously, I I think that comparing them like that kind of tamps down my excitement for strange new worlds. Interesting. Like I think a lot can't, of just can't let yourself enjoy it at all. Can you? Well, I did. I like people can sign up for the Patreon to listen. I think strange new worlds is a three out of five, but compared to what we've been yeah. getting, it's like the greatest three out of five that I've ever seen. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, yes, like, yes, so yeah. it, it's hard to compare them because I, when I compare, like, would I rather have this sort of middling, not middling, but like semi-good season of 90s Star Trek Voyager if I had to have the DVD set or was the only way to watch it. Or would I get these DVDs of Strange New Worlds? I think even being unfamiliar with Voyager, I'd rather have Voyager to rewatch at this point for that season one at least. Yeah, I, I would agree with you because I, I was I was thinking about, I mean, the thing I was thinking about was the characters. And uh, I find most of the characters, and not that I don't like the characters in strange new world because i do but there's just enough of that new star trek stink on them that makes me not like they haven't made it to the point where i would want to like really revisit them yeah whereas voyager has has that charm to it that 90s trek charm that i think is for whatever reason it's once it was out of the bottle they couldn't figure it out again yeah uh after (laughs) After nine eleven, I guess <laughs> um, changed everything. Yeah, but uh, and and so I, I yeah, um, I would probably say I would I would I would go with Voyager. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. People can listen to the coverage of Strange New Worlds, but it's um, there's something. There's just something. There's something there. Like I, I, it's probably more of a discussion for the Strange New Worlds podcast and stuff. But I, I'm just uh, 
because uh, with the new Jurassic Park movie just came out, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of uh, the reviews are terrible for that movie. Really, but a lot of the reviews are just like, this is clearly a movie where a company owns an IP, and they're just trying to they're trying to do. Uh, apparently, there's a like a fairly direct homage to the T Rex scene from the first one, like the um, the mud in the footprint. Oh yeah, scene. I mean it's in the trailer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. the trailer or anything. So, oh, sorry. It's it's that kind of uh, it's that kind of thing. It's like you 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 wonder like how how far Strange New Worlds can go with just being the best copy of what came before it in a way that's not mm-hmm. horribly offensive and not like annoying to watch at the same mm-hmm. time. But mm-hmm. if it's anything like Jurassic Park, it has to come to an end some point. Right, like that has to end, and I wonder if Strange New Worlds will uh, improve to a point where that's not a concern anymore. I could see that happening because I think it has the bones to improve uh, in a way that maybe will be different from what we see from Voyager. But we'll say I just don't know. It might just be a different era. It might just be over, and that's the end of it. In the way that mm-hmm. Jurassic Park seems to be over too. Yeah, I think. Um, I I think. Strange New World has a decent amount of runway in front of it um, because they have been, I think they've they've handled that stuff fairly well as far as being referential without being just like, hey, look at this. There's been a couple spots like in this, the not this last episode, but the one before that. Spuck them up. Um, yeah, they, they pretty much shot for shot redo the fight scene from a mock time and they used the, the music and stuff. Yeah. But, like, I'm never going to complain. You could use that music over people having dinner, and I'm not going to complain about it because yep. the music is so good. It's in Cable Guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, that's how I first heard it. I first heard that in Cable Guy, not Star Trek. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think so far Strange New World has avoided being a trip down memory lane the way that some of these other things tend to be. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, yeah, if it can keep that up and, and kind of like break out of orbit a bit more into its own thing, I think it has the potential to be very good. But, uh, you know, who knows if that's what they even want because the more people, you know, want clap, like se- clap like seals every time they see something they remember, Yep. Um, the more they're going to just keep feeding it to you. Yeah. We'll see. Well, if you guys are interested in our Strange New World stuff, obviously, I said it's at Patreon, patreon.com slash Lipensky file. We did all that. We did Picard season two, which was, <laughs> this is just a modern Trek podcast at this moment. Is I was just remembering Picard season two earlier today. Just, I don't know why my brain wandered to it. And what a, what a hell of a thing that was. I just remember, yeah. I have the, uh, the image of Patrick Stewart getting hit by the car is like seared into <laughs> my brain. Real good stuff. Uh, Voyage is over. Season one is over. We'll be moving on to Voyage season two. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed the coverage of season one. Let us know what you thought the best and the worst episode it was in that season. Season two kicks off with the 37s, and it's a full season of Star Trek, Clay. So we're back to 26 oh, episodes boy. for that. Buckle in. Buckle up. Buckle in. We'll see where it goes. I guess that's it. So there's no good YouTube video for this. Uh, we'll just close this out with a sort of State of the Union. So my back hurts. I have to stand up to do this recording. And I'm not recording that because I don't want to give you guys just this shot of the uh, 
light behind my head or something like that. So we won't have a YouTube video for a couple weeks. And then at that point, Clay, I think we just have to recalibrate and refigure what we want to do for YouTube videos at that mm-hmm. point, whether or not it's worth mm-hmm. it to do the video. Um, we'll think about that. And so we're just going to have simple videos, headliner videos until that time comes. You can check out all the other shows on the channel. And they're also at their uh, their podcast RSS feeds. Anything else? Or are we done? And we're on to season two. Do you have anything else you want to say? Uh, have you watched any of Kenobi? No. No. Yeah. That's, Is that uh, over yet? It feels like it's been no, on for a while. It's, it's got two more episodes to go. Do you want to save it for Patreon or do you want to give your final thoughts here about very quick uh, I'll wait. I'll save till the end of the season. We, we talk about it a little bit on uh, the two episodes, that uh, the two Patreon episodes that you weren't on. Yes. Um, oh, you talked about it with yeah. Christian too? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. A little bit towards the end. Okay. Uh, yeah, we can, we can hang on to that. I'll, I'll maybe if, when we do the next, um, content consumption, yes. uh, I'll, we can, I can talk about that. Um, okay. yeah, I, uh, yeah, uh, Rotten Horror and Badass are still going. Things have been a little bit, a little bit in flux the past couple of weeks because I've, you know, all around we've run out of, uh, buffer episodes. So I've been kind of like <laughs> shifting things around quite a bit. So, um, but we're still going. It's like, um, it's like the, the one, the one that got away, you just didn't realize what you had when that buffer was here and then it's gone and you're like, Oh yeah, it was so it's much always, better with the buffer. You, you know, you know, when you, when you're planning these things out week to week, uh, especially when there's multiple people involved and you got to schedule things, it's like, you take a week off and all of a sudden it's like, fuck, we took a week off, but now we have to do like three weeks in a row if we want to keep up with the shit. So yep. um, yeah. that yeah. being said, uh, we also have on, on Patreon, Amanda and I are doing the Stephen King second string. Uh, June will be Christine, which I'm excited about because mm-hmm. it's the one of the few John Carpenter movies I have not seen. Oh, nice. And I specifically didn't want to cover it because I figured we would do it at some point on the show. Sorry, I didn't want to watch it because I figured we'd do it at some point on the show. And it's my birthday month, so that's fun. Get to do a St- uh, John Carpenter <laughs> episode for my birthday. However, I do have COVID a day before my birthday, so that has ruined all of those plans. So, yeah, uh, the orgy I, is I canceled. Find, <laughs> yeah, yep. All those, all those, all those clean female tests. condoms gone to waste. <laughs> I've just, I've just got. <laughs> I've just got a dishwasher full of diaphragms, and I've got nowhere to put them. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. Well, you're because you are. Are you turning thirty-eight? Is that what you're turning? I will be thirty-eight. Yes, 38. this is my my Homer Simpson anniversary. Oh, is that how old, how old Homer's supposed to be? Yes, I I always I thought that that would be the uh, forty. I don't mind so much, but when you find out that you're the same age as Homer, everything yep. starts kind of coming into view a little bit more. So yeah, you get better hair than Homer, so it can't, it's yeah. Not all, yeah. I I know. I kind of have. I kind of have that one episode where he uses the hair product and all of his hair grows back. <laughs> That's kind of the hair that I have, luckily, yep. still. Especially I I I don't know if I've mentioned this because crazy shit comes up on these shows. Every one of my male cousins on my mom's side was bald before they were thirty, mm-hmm. and somehow I managed to miss that bullet. Do you um? Do you think uh, like do you think going? Have you ever thought about what would have happened if you'd have gone bald at like twenty, like some 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 guys do? Um, I think it would have been devastating to me. Yeah, it would have been. Real yeah, rough. I think so. Yeah. Not that I, not I was, that I had some supreme confidence in the first place, but like I was just gonna say, I was self conscious en- enough about everything else that I think. Well, I think I actually was like 
legitimately terrified of that happening. Because mm. um, I, I do remember there was there was a there was a handful of months where um, every time I took a shower, it was like I just have a pound of hair like on my hands <laughs> from washing my hair, and I don't know. I'm, I must be losing my hair. And it turned out that the shower head was just fucked up and we didn't have very good shower pressure. So it wasn't rinsing the hair off of me. <laughs> and so it made me really paranoid that I was going bald, but it was just a, a water pressure issue. I, I was I was hoping it was so so much pressure. It was just blasting the hair off of your head or something. <laughs> <laughs> to <go> back. <laughs> fine line, fine line. You got to walk if you, if you don't want to. Step out of the shower completely bald. Yeah, it would have been up there. Yeah, I, I would have. It would have been. It's a because yeah, I'm I'm like losing my hair now, but I don't care at this point. But like, if you're yeah. 20, it's like that's like a devastating. That's a devastating thing. So I, I feel I feel for all our our bald listeners who are out there and, and bald <laughs> prematurely. But it, I do, I do have one kid that I went to high school with who, in high school, he was known for the fact that he had this, like bustling luxurious head of long blonde hair yeah and then when i went to my 15th high school reunion he was bald as a cue ball and i was like oh my god i'm so sorry mm. and even he was like yeah i was it was pretty tough <laughs> he flew a little bit too close to the sun like icarus there you can't can't flaunt I guess that. yeah T- attempting the gods to punish you all right, we're done. That's it for Voyager Season 1. We're on to Season 2. Check out all the other content. Patreon.com slash The Penske File exists, and you can support the show there. And uh, that's about it, I guess. All right, cool. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time.